Welcome to Mental Health Success Stories with John Troutman. Here we provide a space for authentic conversations about real-world mental health challenges. We discuss mental health solutions with national industry leaders. We aim to reduce stigma and increase awareness around mental health issues we will inspire you to take action and improve your own mental health. We will share and promote realistic mental health solutions that anyone can implement. This podcast is provided to you for information purposes only to encourage a broad public understanding of various mental health topics. The podcast may represent the views and opinions of the author, host, and or guests and not necessarily the views and opinions of Pyramid Healthcare. Information contained in this podcast should not be relied upon as medical advice or as a substitute for medical advice. This podcast does not establish any doctor-patient relationship and is not a substitute for individual clinical judgment. If you need medical advice or you are experiencing a medical emergency, Call your doctor or 911 immediately. And now here is our host of Mental Health Success Stories, John Troutman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast here as we get to interview a leader in our industry talking about mental health challenges as well as mental health solutions. Here in the fourth quarter can be a very challenging time navigating business and life and just keeping things together. And this podcast, I think, is going to be especially beneficial. It's not just a great strategic partner, but a wonderful friend of mine, a mentor, and one who helped me launch my career uh, in the benefit space. And that is the one and only Mr. Ryan Miller. Ryan, thanks for joining us here today. So kind of you, buddy. I always I always appreciate people saying nice things, but uh, it's even better when it comes from somebody like you. So it's a good start. <laughs> it's a good start. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm, I have to tell this story. So many people may not know this. Um, I'm sure some do, but about hard to believe about four years ago, I met Ryan Miller at a breakfast meeting where he was speaking and being a previous pastor in a different season of life. When I heard his introduction and I heard him talking about his past, I was like, oh no, not another pastor talking. Uh, it just, <laughs> you, never, you never know. There's the, the stigma and all different types of things, stereotypes, stereotypes, right? But um, I, was, I was just amazed of his story I was amazed at his authenticity, and he took time afterwards. I mean, he was sought out by many people to talk about numerous business things, but he took time for me, and truth be told, thanks to Stacey Fry for making this introduction, but truth be told, because he took the time that I perceived he didn't have, he really helped get my trajectory on the right path. So I am forever grateful uh, for you, Ryan, just for the time and the genuine care and concern that you invested in me both professionally and personally. So I am always all in and being authentic and supporting my good friend, Ryan Miller. So just help us understand currently, what are some things professionally that you're doing? I mean, I know many people out there know that you're a business coach, but they may not understand really the value that you could even bring to them and possibly even some clients. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's just, there are a lot of things, uh, that I'm doing. I think that both for context of this conversation and then because just kind of ripping it out of the depths of my heart, uh, for me, 
my sole goal uh, through coaching, consulting, speaking is to help people understand who they truly are, who they've been created to be, help bring that to the surface, and then create a life that reflects that person. Because every single one of us wants to achieve and exceed goals. We want to produce well, you know, as a, a benefits consultant or, you know, you as a, as a partner to the brokers out there, you know, whatever that is, um, a, an owner of a business, an employee, we want to do all those things. But if we can't be the best version of ourselves, we will never ultimately produce the best that we're capable of. So that's what I'm really after is helping people to understand who they are and then produce as the result of that. It just becomes the, the launching pad for them. And so I, I love spending time getting to know people, building relationships, asking questions, sharing my story with them to give them permission to do the same thing. Again, relationships are really the long game, right? There's not a quick check box there. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about, you know, even you and I's interaction. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's always, it always sounds great to hear somebody say, you know, he was probably so busy that I don't know if he had time for me. That's not really ever the case, but at the same time, um, you know, choosing to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes with you after, you know, that, that, uh, talk I did in Pennsylvania, all those years ago led to a second conversation, which I believe was much more powerful that we had in Vegas through a, a really good interaction there. And it's led to this friendship and business relationship and a co-partnership in helping one another to become successful as business professionals, as husbands, as fathers, as Christians, like these things are so important. If I would have discounted that first conversation with you of like, oh, I just got here. I'm in Pennsylvania for 24 hours. I got to turn around. I got to get home. I don't have time for this stuff. I could have very easily done that just out of the ignorance of my own heart. But by choosing to just get to know you a little bit, look at what it's produced. I mean, four years later, I consider you a great friend and I wouldn't have had that had that not been the case. And so relationships are everything. And yes, it does take a while to build good ones, but I believe that for all of us, the big challenge is not in the long game. I believe the big challenge is taking the risk in the first step. Like, are you willing to step in to that conversation? And not only that, but are you willing to do so in, with some sense of honesty, openness, transparency, and as I love to say, you know, authenticity, like don't come in guarded. I know it's scary, but just come in and be open from the get-go. Yeah, and I need to say this both, I think it's mutually shared when I say this, uh, you know, we just don't let anyone into that inner circle, right? Into that tribe where people that we're gonna count on, that we're gonna tr trust maybe all of ourselves or be accountable to, right? Not anybody can do that, but what professional athlete has never had a coach? And, you know, just the value of, of we talk about vetting in business, but also in life, it's so important to allow the right people to speak truth to us. Mm -hmm. I'm forever grateful for, uh, again, I know Andy Neary would bust my chops and say, well, you took action, right? Well, yes, but had it not been for you being willing to receive me, yeah, I didn't take action, but taking that action, listening and actually putting action to what you were telling me to do, right? So again, for those of you out there that are looking for that coach, I can tell you from a personal experience and professionally, I am a better person and business person 
because of listening and allowing Ryan Miller into my space mm-hmm. and taking action, simply taking action on his advice and coaching. So everybody needs a coach in business and life. Success just doesn't happen by itself. So that's, again, I, I just am forever grateful, not just for what you do, but how you do it. Relationships are the key. And that's a big part of, of how I'm wired. So personally, personally, what are some things that Ryan Miller's got going on right now? You got a big trip coming up, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, you know me well enough, you know, to, when I say this, you'll, you'll say, yep, of course. But, um, you know, my family means everything to me. Um, my wife and I have been on a long journey of marriage that got really bumpy a couple of years in. And, you know, once I realized just how precious that was, uh, I started to really lean into that. She nearly lost her life, which then, you know, just further kind of awakened that to me about five years ago. And so <clears throat> I, I'm constantly invested into my wife and spending time with her. And then my two kids, I have a 20 year old daughter that just finally took her first full-time career centered job. Uh, And so she's pretty busy. And then I have a young daughter that's 13. And so my personal life is about doing everything I can to be the best husband and the best father and spend as much time as possible with them. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're, we are recording this as we're, you know, in the middle of the summer. And so, you know, we're heading out to the lake this weekend. We do that a lot because I mean, I just, I want as much time with my family as possible before my kids go away and they start their own lives. And um, yeah, I just, it's just, it's so valuable to me to be able to do that. That's excellent. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of great memories from just pouring into my kids at those age levels. That's that's for sure. Good for you. Yeah. Good, good for you. Um, certainly, I, I know you've shared a number of things uh, in our relationship that were that were challenges over the course of time. You referred to one, but as we talk talk about this uh, area of our mental health, many people falsely think that we've got to be given some medical term that now it's a mental health challenge, right? Or now that we've yeah, got yeah. this diagnosis, and that's not always the case. There are a lot of things that can impact our mental health that aren't that don't fall under such medical terms, but they're life experiences, business experiences. So what one experience or even more than one experience would you like to share with our audience today that really impacted your mental health? Yeah, so there there have been a lot and, and, you know, by a lot, I say um, I. Uh, walked with a woman for six months that was a coworker back in 2016 that ultimately turned a gun on and killed herself. Um, and so having to step through that experience was gut-wrenching and it actually really challenged my faith. And uh, then many people know or have heard of my Route 91 story and being in the crowd, you know, when the shooting happened and losing one of our best friends. And so there was there was a lot of moments, but for me, like the deepest, darkest Uh, And I know you weren't necessarily asking for the deepest, darkest, but for me, the deepest, darkest, most challenging moment of mental health ever happened in April of 2019. And very few people know this just because I just, I just haven't been in the context to share it that often, but um, you know, we were a year and a half removed from route 91. So still dealing with some kind of post-traumatic, uh, challenge. Um, and my business was just in the midst of this cycle. I'd gone back into business for myself in 2018. I was on a good run through the end of 2018, 2019 was kind of posing some challenges and I was on the verge of losing a five figure a month 
client that I had been not losing. It was just coming to an end. And so this idea of having a bunch of fun, that was like my buffer of financial security that was going to go away. I, there was a couple of challenging, like personal relationships I had. And I went into the office one morning uh, and I was sitting down at, at my desk and I had this overwhelming sense of just numbness. And I started to get really emotional and it was like, I couldn't move. And I had a client call that was coming up, um, uh, pretty shortly thereafter. And I was like, I, I can't function. I can't make this call. I can't, I, I, I don't even know what I could. I got up out of my chair. I sat down in the corner of my office up against the wall. And I called my wife. That was the only thing that I knew, knew I could do in the moment. Like I called my wife and I said, Michelle, I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I said, I can't function. I said, I feel like I'm having a panic attack. I didn't even know, really know what that meant because I'd never really had anything like that. I don't know if it's like an anxiety attack. I, I don't know, but I need you to pray for me right now that I can just get back up and sit back in my chair and try to figure out how to move forward. And that was the beginning of kind of my own exploration of and journey through, I don't want to say depression, because I feel like people that really have gone through deep, dark depression, experience it far worse than I do. But there was some sense of depression, anxiety, a lot of it was post-traumatic related, but also a lot of it was circumstantially based because of the way that I was viewing certain things around security and comfort and I went on this journey. And so I reached out to a couple of friends shortly thereafter, a friend of mine ended up sharing with me that he nearly committed suicide years prior. I didn't know that another girlfriend of mine, I reached out to her. She shared the same thing. We ended up doing about a two and a half hour podcast a couple of months later about it. And so once I was able to start talking about it, I started to feel like I could let out what had been in me for so long, even though I didn't know it was inside of me. Wow. And, and so that's not that long ago. I mean, what are some things that you've done? That's fantastic that, that there was a podcast, there was a group, there was a connection and that connection with your wife. Was there anything else along that way you could say with something that really truly helped you make progress through that? I mean, that's, that's fantastic. You took action. Uh, and I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone that I talked to it and talking with advisors. I'm amazed by those that are transparent with me and share the yeah. amount of uh, anxiety that they have. Um, some of them don't even know how to take action. So what were some things that you did when you realized that after you spoke with Michelle? So interestingly enough, that was when the, this whole idea of authenticity and be authentic was really birthed. Um, and one of the, there, there was a lot of reasons why that was on my heart, but one of the reasons was, is I felt like as much as I had been open and honest and transparent about my life, all of my past hurts and wounds and struggles, there was not even intentionally, but there was still this area of my life that I really wasn't talking about. And part of it was because I had never really experienced it before. And I finally decided that if I was going to, if I was going to strive to be as successful as I possibly could, I was going to help other people do the same thing. I needed to speak holistically about the life that I was leading and living. And so by being open and honest and transparent, 
Hmm. It started to heal me because I was able to talk about it with other people. I was recognizing that by me being public, because it's easy, John, you know this, right? Like it's so easy to be seen as successful by other people. Like people say to me all the time, man, like you're killing it. You know, you're doing so well. And I'm like, look, I'm thankful that you see that. I, but I don't want to project that it's just all unicorns and rainbows over here. Like, you know, there are, there are tough days. And so that started to heal as I was having those conversations, as I was realizing that the reason why, one of the reasons why I went through that was so I could help other people not go through it themselves, but open up about it themselves. They Mm. were like, well, if he can do it, then I can do that too. And so that became a big part of the healing process. And then the last part was, was I just started letting people into that. I was just willing to, to, to let people speak when I was struggling. Whereas before, again, not, not because I was trying to like keep people blocked out, but it was just, it was almost like I was not letting people into that area because there was too many other things I was focused on. And I realized like, if I can't be mentally healthy, how can I be a performance coach? Hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm not mentally healthy, how can I achieve these big successful dreams and how the hell can I help other people do it either if I'm not well? Uh, and so, um, it was just, it it was really, it was really, a um, I don't know, kind of like just this compounding effect of a lot of little things, but really it was just, I opened up the floodgate and I allowed, um, you know, just the world into what I was going through. That's amazing. And again, very timely with, you know, being transparent and being authentic. Um, you know, we talk a, a lot on this show in particular about the ripple effect, um, hmm. how we take care of our mental health or how we, let's just call it what it might, what it really is neglecting. Maybe if that awareness isn't there, so it's not even known that you're neglecting, um, that have, have impacts everybody else around us, it affects our family, it can affect our, our job, those who we work with, and the, li- the list goes on. We oftentimes just think it's just us, right? So yeah. um, you mentioned giving that call to Michelle. How in tune or how aware were, were your daughters of what, what was going on? I mean, they they may or may not have seen anything differently because of that's just as as men in particular, I'm just saying it, you know, from my perspective here, we tend to cover those things up more than than others, right? Uh, we've got it all yeah. together just because we're the the dad, the father, the whatever, fill in the gap. You know, I've talked about mm-hmm. that a number of times, right? Uh, how aware were they of what was going on? And, and did you include them in that? Or did you share anything with them? Or was that a conversation? Just help us understand that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, part of it, obviously, because um, both of my kids are old enough to um, follow me on social media and or listen to some of my podcasts and things like that. You know, they, they were hearing what, what was being processed, but also we, we just have very open conversations around the dinner table. We eat dinner together. Now that my daughter's working, it's harder because she works late. But um, I mean, we eat dinner together five, six nights a week. Um, and so we're very intentional about just talking about life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, good Lord, my 20 year old, you know, for five years, six years, she's gone through different seasons of anxiety and some depression and some other things. And my 13 year old for the last two years, that's just kind of like junior high and high school for most kids, definitely for, for young girls, because most young girls are just awful to other girls at that age. And so my daughters were kind of the victims of that. So it helped as we were talking about what they were struggling with to share that that wasn't something that daddy used to deal with. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, became the superhero and overcome it or overcame it. But 
it's stuff that daddy deals with now. Mm. And here's how I talk to people about it. And here's how I process it. And even, I think it's really important to say like, you know, when we, I, I believe I'm no expert in this area, but when we talk about mental health, I believe that we, we put it in two places. Either we need to open the floodgates and just bear everything completely, or we need to keep it very protected and in, and only a select few uh, can deal with that. And one is good and one is bad and, you know, whatever. And, and we just kind of project what that is. And, and for me and to my kids, you know, I'm trying to say to them, like, look at, I want you to be open and honest about this. I want you to understand that you are going to have some of these feelings. Um, there are appropriate ways to handle and address when you feel anxious and even depressed. And there are inappropriate ways to do that. Um, there are things that you do want to share with other people. There are things that you want to protect yourself. So we were able to navigate kind of that whole process together as a family. And it's really helped my kids, even though, again, my, my 13 year old is still going through this process, but it's really helped them to better handle how they deal with it because they're finding the right people to talk to because they're, they're saying the right types of things. Again, like it's almost the cool thing nowadays. And I hate to say that, but it's almost a cool thing to say that I'm anxious or depressed, particularly as a younger, um, you know, uh, teen. And I'm like, no, like that, that's not our excuse for everything. Like, we're not just going to slap labels on things because you're having a bad day and therefore you're depressed. Like we don't do that. Right. Depression is a real thing. At the same time, if you're really depressed then we're going to dig down into that and we're going to understand what that is. And so it's fascinating, right, John, that as we, as I'm talking to my kids about that, I'm eating my own words. And I think that that's so important too, is like, it came back on me to be like, Hey, you need to be more aware about your words. You need to be more aware about what you're saying and who you're saying it to and how you're dealing with it. So it's just been a really big process, but it's been so beneficial through it. Yeah. And again, great words of wisdom here. And I so appreciate your transparency and talking through this. I know we're going to have a lot of parents watching, listening to the show. Um, there's, there's lots of things. Listen, as a parent, you don't get a manual, right? I've got four kids. Mm. Uh, everyone was different, thankfully, um, and they're each unique and you have to figure it out as you go along. But again, I've tried to tell my kids as I, as I'm hearing your story, I'm going back to when I burned out some 10 years ago in a massive level. And, there, and there's no award for that. I'm not, not like they're bragging about it, believe me. Um, but I can remember the first time I had a panic attack, wondering what is going on here. Um, mm -hmm. th this has never happened before. And, um, took a long time. I've, I've tried to, so exactly what you're saying, what I've tried to tell my kids is don't just learn from my successes, learn from my failures, learn from those areas where I could have done better because I just want you to be better. I don't need to be like me. There's an opportunity for you yeah. to learn both ways on both sides of that. And I, I, I applaud you for allowing them into you know, to follow your podcast because you do talk, you go a lot of places where a lot of people wouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, I mean, think about this, <clears throat> you know, whether it's the adult that I'm trying to influence or my own kids, hmm. if I'm with, obviously there, there's always degrees of appropriateness uh, in professional settings are different than personal ones. You know, my 13 year old's different than my 20 year old, but, it's, but all in all, 
I believe, and this is where my beliefs differ from others and that's okay, but I believe that every single thing that has happened to me will happen to me and happens through me is all the result of how God has orchestrated me in my life to be. So that means that there is purpose, there is reason. And if my kids are along on that journey with me, then they're a part of that. Mm. And so I want to let them into life. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to dangle um, inappropriate sexual discussions around them, but at the same time, they need to be aware of the struggles of those areas. I don't want them to, to know that, like what it felt like to watch my coworker deteriorate to the point of wanting to kill herself. And then what I read in her journals and how that made me feel. But at the same time, like I need to be able to explain to them that we walk through these seasons of life. And if we start to get too far away from who we're supposed to be, we will end up in that place ourselves. And so it's like, I'm trying to navigate this, you know, with them to be like, Hey, you need to be a part of this life too. Like you're not excluded from what's going to happen, but you're also not excluded from what's going to happen to me. Cause as you said, if, if I'm struggling, they're going to feel the effects of it. So we're just, I'm trying to include them in as much as possible to lead and influence them in the right ways. I can't tell them what to do. They don't listen. You know, mm. I'm just going to show them what I believe is best. And then hopefully they follow along because they believe in it for themselves. That's beautiful. And again, I am not a clinician, neither are you. We're not talking about from a medical clinic, clinical standpoint of telling anybody what to do in a standpoint like that, but mm -hmm. we're talking about life experiences here, right? And, and the lessons that we can learn reflecting on them and passing them on. So again, our audience is going to be primarily a lot of benefit advisors in the most stressful yeah. time of their year, that fourth quarter. So what advice would you give to that person who might be experiencing their first heightened moment of anxiety or stress or even a panic attack, what would you tell them of what they could do to take appropriate steps? Yeah. So, um, the first thing I'll say is, is go see a doctor. If, if you're questioning something, you know, very serious, um, I, I don't even want to speak to that. I just want to say like, what I'm going to say after this excludes that beyond that. Um, I would say that one of the most important things that I've realized is that the farther, I, the deeper that I bury my head, mm. the more apt I am to find myself in dark darkness. And so even in the midst of the fourth quarter, look, every single one of you, for those of you that I know, I know and know me, you know, I love you so much for those that don't trust me when I tell you that if I got to know you, I would probably love you. And so I say this in love. The fourth quarter is a horrific excuse for you to put, to grind yourself down to nothing. And we have, we have celebrated that term. Like I'm in the grind and I'm grinding it out. Like, do you understand that that is taking the strongest surface out there and it is or substance out there and it is grinding it into dust, into nothing. Do not celebrate that. So don't accept that this season is just going to be the grind. So that's number one. Number two is find moments for freedom. As I preach like authenticity on one side and freedom on the other, give yourself space. If it's an hour in between the time you finish your work day and you get home, like go sit in the park and, and just take in the outside air and reflect on the one good thing that happened in the midst of the frustration, or 
intentionally schedule the Sunday afternoon to do nothing and go be with your family. If you intentionally schedule free space for your mind to just wander, for you to enjoy, you will end up realizing that it is far easier, though it's going to be difficult, it's far easier to go back into that challenging quarter and run that that race that you have to run every single year. So just find that space. Look out for small moments of joy. Um, that, that's that's not going to do away with the frustration, the anxiety, the stress. Like it's going to be there, but I believe it's going to help temper it to the degree that you end up realizing that it's not as bad as it feels. Very wise words, my friend. I so appreciate you and appreciate you taking the time here today. Again, for those advisors that may be looking for a code, you're looking to see if there's a way that they could partner with you or use your services. What's the best way for them to get hold of Ryan Miller? Uh, the best way is, I mean, you can email me Ryan at ryanjamesmiller.com. Um, you can, you know, I'll, I'll answer every single email that comes in. Other than that, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there. Love to spend a lot of time there. I know John's there too. So, um, you know, we're able to connect with a lot of our friends there. So that's another really great space that you can go and, you know, we can have a conversation around mental health or, uh, you smashing your next goal, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, more than anything, just like I did with you, John, I mean, I just love being able to lean into relationships to get to know people Mm -hmm. and to see where they go. Like I I, want to grow my business. I want more business. I want to coach more clients. I want to consult more agencies, but at the end of the day, I just want to have an opportunity to build relationships and impact and influence people. And so however that happens, that's far more important to me. That's excellent. That's excellent. Any final thoughts to our audience before we wrap this up here today? Speak up. I mean, you know, it it, it should go without saying, but gosh, you know, if you feel stuck, uh, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel uh, like you are all alone, I cannot tell you, I'll just say this really quickly. I just had a conversation with a a friend, industry friend, uh, just yesterday that that brought me to tears. I was weeping hearing um, the season of life that they've been in. And this is a person that has all kinds of people around them, incredible amounts of support around them. And yet they found themselves in a place where they were questioning whether or not they should even continue to take steps on this earth. Mm -hmm. And I I just want to say like, speak up. If you don't feel like there is another person out there that can talk to you, I will sit and listen to any single one of you that wants to just have a conversation because you feel like you don't know where to go anymore. This is not a pitch. This is me saying like, I I want to be here for you. So I would say, speak up, do not continue in that, that place that you're in. Again, very wise words, very supportive. And as always, I'm so appreciative of you, um, not just of, of what you do, but how you do it. You genuinely care for people. Um, you give me a great uh, trajectory in business and life. And I, you will forever be a brother of mine. And i just so thankful you could be with us here today. Likewise, man. Thank you so much. And to everybody watching, to everybody listening, I'm just going to give you two last bullets here of some things that Ryan have shared. I, mean, I may not repeat them in his, his exact wording for you, but... Um, you know, one of the things that he did was he took action in a place where he felt immobilized. He was sitting on the floor and he knew he could call one person. Ryan just spoke to that and he even gave himself as that number. Everybody has an option. You may feel alone in a challenging situation. Your mental health may feel overwhelming to you. There is always someone out there who's willing and open to take that call. Ryan said he's available. 
I'm available. You have both of our numbers. You'll get that in this feed as well and as it's released. Also, for creating that space. We all have 24 hours in a day. Neglect is reality. And I may be stepping on toes, but I'm aiming for your hearts, your friends. Uh, we have that time to invest in ourselves every single day. And as Ryan spoke, going into the fourth quarter, being in that fourth quarter, whenever you're listening to this program, take time for yourself. That's not being selfish either. That's called self-care. So do that for yourself. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And again, invest in your mental health friends because your mental health matters. Let's make this a great day. Thank <laughs> you.